Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The last Sunday of a liturgical year, and this is literally the last Sunday where we finish a full year liturgically, and then we begin a new one next Sunday. But there's an important part about something about the Sunday and the last three Sundays. It's the last four Sundays of the year. See, throughout the year, we're all preparing for Jesus. His birth, his death, his resurrection, and then him sending out the Holy Spirit, how the apostles made Jesus' presence, preached Jesus, and then about preparing for the Feast of the Cross. And then the last four Sundays are weird. It's about, and some of the prayers throughout these four Sundays talk about the marriage of Jesus and his church. Well, that's kind of weird. I don't know how a marriage goes with a building. It looks a little odd, unless you know what a church is. And we talk about church and all of its meanings. Number one, the hierarchy. The Pope, the bishops, the Vatican. But number two, and even more importantly, it's you. So now the question is, you, how is your marriage to Jesus? How is your life with Jesus? Who is he to you? Is he a thing that we follow and he's got a bunch of rules, some I agree, some I don't agree, or maybe I kind of agree by him, but those guys that teach with funny hats, that's why I was late, I forgot my funny hat. All these guys are a little, you know, I don't want to get into it. Who's Jesus to you? And that's an important question because Jesus asks the question. Who is the Messiah that's going to come? Ah, well, he's the son of David. That means he's a human being. So you got to catch the things between the lines. Ah, he's the son of David. That means he's from the line of David, from the family of David. Oh, okay, then why does David call him Lord? which means that he is human, but he's going to do something much more marvelous because of his divinity, because of what he's going to do. Now, question, what is he going to do? We already know the answer. This is 2,000 years. If we don't figure out the answer now, we have problems. But here's the thing. I think we figured out the answer, but we haven't lived the answer. Because ultimately, it's not just about what I believe in Jesus. There's something deeper about that. Because I'll give you this. And I'll give it to you in a hint. For those who pray the rosary, unless you're really old, the first three beads we pray as well. I know the older ones don't like it. They skip it. And one of them, and I won't mention names, said, my mother never taught me that. All right, what are these three beads? For the extraordinary gifts of? What was the first one? Faith. What's the second one? What's the third one? Guess what you're going to miss when you go to heaven? First and the second. Faith is extremely important, but if it doesn't lead to hope, it does nothing. And many of us, oh, I can't believe what's happening. Ah, the world is going to hell. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe Trump became president. I can't believe Biden became president. I can't believe 
I have no hope the world is going to hell. That means you have no faith. Because if faith does not lead you to hope in something much greater than our politics, dumb as they are, then we got a problem. But here's the third point. Because as I said, in heaven you don't need faith. Because you got them right there. You don't need hope because you fulfilled everything. What's missing? Love. Uh, so let's get a homily about Romeo and Juliet. Absolutely not. Because this is a deeper kind of love. This is sacrificial love. This is where love hurts and I don't feel it sometimes. Jesus on the cross wasn't saying, ah, oh, I can just feel the love that is... No, he didn't feel it. It was horrific. But his love caused him to go beyond the feeling itself. So the question is right now, how is your relationship with Jesus who sacrificed so much for you? Let me give it to you in a little bit more detail. I don't know if you understood the first reading. Most people don't. They go into details about building the body of Christ. And what I mean by that is building a temple. Because Jesus says, I have my body as a temple. This is Old Testament. This is before the coming of Christ. Oh, they had to do this. And they actually had, this is a weird thing. They had to break rocks in a place where nobody can hear it. Because they wanted to give an idea. And St. Paul talks about it in the reading says, it's a building, it's a temple not built by hands. The first temple that was not built by hand is the body of Christ, Jesus himself. Second one is you. So going into a lot of details, this isn't engineering, of trying to, okay, I don't know if you've seen engineering plans. I need another language to speak that one. I don't, I don't understand it, because it's got so many details of, plumbing and whatever. But Jesus or God isn't talking about that. He's talking about a detailed plan on how to truly build the body of Christ. In the Old Testament, figuratively in a building. St. Paul then comes out and says in his letter today, and guess how it was purified? By blood. By the blood of Jesus. And this is where you were Formed, built, touched by God. Now left up to you to continue that gift that God has given you. Which is the gift of faith, which is the gift of hope, which is the gift of love. Where are you in this journey? Because a lot of times... We fall short, and that's why we need God regularly. Let me put it to you this way. When you go to confession, and I'll say this as one point, when the priest gives you the absolution, it is as if the blood of Jesus is dripping from his hands and upon your forehead because it is only by the blood of Jesus that you're forgiven. Not the holiness or the lack of holiness by the priest. It's by the blood of Jesus that drips upon you. 
And there's also that call that we receive the body and blood of Jesus. This is where we can have kind of substitutes in emergency situations. So for example, when we had our pajama masses because of COVID lockdowns, and some of you didn't have pajama masses, and I'm glad you didn't. But you did have a basket, and I saw some of your videos. It was really cute. But the important thing is, what we look for Jesus, Jesus gives it in fullness. Right here, right now. And then he says to you, where are you in intimate connection to me? Because the second half of today's gospel is a strange one, and it's usually taken, rightly so, against priests and bishops and those who teach. Woe to you, he says, because you preach one thing and you live another. And so there is a very famous words in here that's usually used against us. And again, usually, rightly so, but not always. Listen to what they say, but don't do what they do. But this doesn't just fall on Christian leaders. It also falls on Christians. Have you been a Christian? A model of Christianity for the rest of the world or to your brother and sister that's sitting next to you? Have you been saying, I believe, but your actions say otherwise? Have you lost that intimacy with Christ? Or are you working on continuously building it up and gaining and growing? Because the Sunday and the last three Sundays, it's about Jesus being revealed through you, through me. And Jesus said, when they see you, they see me. Have you been the face of Jesus to the world, a world that is in desperate need of a Savior? Have you been a good example, the example of love, sacrificial love, a love that goes beyond Romeo and Juliet, a love sometimes that is not, in it, many times I should say, that is not accepted and sometimes rejected because it's based on truth. And I'm talking about going up to a loved one who's committing sin and saying, I love you, but you're committing sin. And I want to help you. Have we been doing that? We've been cha facing challenges today that we've never faced in our lives. Challenges against love. Abortion, against love. Homosexuality, against love. Transsexual, against love. Whatever LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ. <laughs> and the funny thing is the devil is so smart that he says it's because of love that we have a bunch of letters. In reality, it's not. Because what we know is that this community is never happy always angry and the rate of suicide amongst them is greater or one of the greatest amongst any other particular part of society and you ask the question why 
That's because they're being abused. I'm sorry, they're the abusers today. They're abusing us. But why aren't they happy? Why do we may need to make them feel uncomfortable? If it's done out of hate, you've fallen. But it's really, it's out of love. Because if I was to see my child committing suicide, taking poison, so that they will die of their poison, and I say nothing, and I say, it's okay, Habibi, as long as it makes you happy. Is this what you feel? That's okay. It's good for you, no problem. I'm just as heinous as any other murderer. And I hate to put it that way, because a lot of times we try to do the right thing, but the wrong way. Keep the saying in mind, the road to hell can be paved with good intentions. LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ community have a good intention. Fallen so bad that their intention has turned evil. This is where we need to stand as a church and say, we love you, I'm not going to condemn you, but you're hurting yourself. Same thing with the abortion, same thing with any other, and especially those who've gone into debates and politics and where we should go and where we're going. So the question I go back to ask again, have you been a face of Jesus Christ in truth and in love or have you just been angry? It becomes a good question to ask. For Jesus Christ did not come to condemn, but he came to save. And this is what we need to live, become examples of that. And Pope Francis wrote a marvelous letter called The Joy of the Gospel. If we don't have that joy, we miss the gospel. But let that joy of the gospel be with us as we celebrate our intimacy with Jesus Christ, intimate to such a degree that he's become one with me, like a marriage fulfilled in the Eucharist. Let us build, let us love, let us serve, let us always proclaim with our hearts and with our lives that we always need to live. Blessed be the name of Jesus, both now and forever. Amen. Let us stand well with joy and gladness and let us